Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of VikingAge.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, we have you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you're less liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad. I am a contributor for the Viking Age as well as a bunch of other websites. Normally, I am joined by Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. But Adam is under the weather today, so I call to the bullpen. And unlike Emilio (laughs) Pagan, our relievers actually saved the day. So Tom Schreier, who just got off a heated internet debate about Kirk Cousins, has Mm -hmm. joined us. He is the managing editor at ZoneCoverage.com. And Tom, I had you on as our guest today because I want to touch on a very important storyline to start Mm -hmm. off with. One of the biggest news items of the day, USC. And UCLA are joining the Big Ten, which makes absolutely no sense. The agreement is apparently done. It's going to be announced soon. (laughs) It's going to pit USC. I I know you're going to get excited for these matchups, Tom. Uh, Geographical rivals such as Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, and Illinois. Like, uh, hold your head. UCLA at Iowa in a snowstorm is just going to be epic. Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic reports that the Big Ten and the SEC could become mega conferences with 20 or more members of peace. So the first question I have for you, college football is dead now, right? This this is the beginning <laughs> of the end because it has to be. Like, there I mean, is no way. I think this is everything. I think if you looked at it like this, and I'm not justifying the insanity of college football because it, it has gotten out of control. I was talking to my cousin the other day, and he goes, yeah, the quarterback, I don't know if it's at Ohio State or something, he has a deal where every two months he can switch out a sports car from some dealership. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about this. This guy, he goes to uh, Notre Dame, obviously pretty plugged in with college football over there. But um, he was like, he's like, yeah, this guy can be driving like a G-Wagon one week and then McLaren the next. And I was like, must be nice to be uh a talented high school, you know, recruit out of Ohio going to the, you know, Ohio State to go play football and drive around in a G Wagon. But I, I think it has gotten insane. I think if we looked at it like this, if we called like the Pac 12, 
you know, I'm trying to think of like the Google conference, right? And then the Big Ten, the Target conference. And I'm not suggesting someone's going to call me like some corporate guy. I'm just trying to make this as like insane and ridiculous as possible. And, you know, the, the SEC is whatever Waffle House or something. And if you say, you know, hey, look, the Target conference wants to be in the East Coast. Okay, we'll go get Rutgers. And you're like, okay, Rutgers, right? And we'll go get Maryland. It's kind of close to DC, right? And it's very funny that they chose a school that's kind of close to New York and a school that's kind of close to DC. But, you know, here we are. So we got those two. Um, the Target you know, conference got that. And then they're like, well, we kind of want to expand the brand. Um, you know, Safeway's really eating into our market share. We're going to go grab, you know, USC, UCLA. I, these are two big brands. Uh, there's schools that people in the Midwest will recognize. I mean, like, I think it's insane. I think there's something to the rivalry of like Cal and Stanford, right? The Northern California schools versus USC, UCLA. I think there's something about like the importance of geographical, right? It's no big deal in my mind, actually, from like Nebraska to join the Big Ten, right? I mean, at some point, I, I can't remember the last time the Big Ten actually had 10 teams, right? So like that number doesn't matter to me. Nebraska makes sense. Like I can drive to Nebraska, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. you get on a flight to go to, Cal it's wonderful. It's more, but it's going to be very funny. I mean, there's just going to be like, Hey, it's going to be a big deal. Like people will go out. It's not like people are going to protest when like USC comes here, right? It's going to be a big deal. People are going to go watch people see if PJ flex guys can hold their own against this, you know, U USC and like, um, it's going to be very funny when it's like snowing here. And, and now granted, all their kids, if anything, USC's problem was like they weren't recruiting, I think, within the region well enough, right? But like, so I understand that everyone in USC is not from California, just like everyone in Minnesota, how many players from like Florida and Georgia, right, are gophers. But like, it's just insane to me that they're like, oh, you know, we, <laughs> we're going to go play in like November, you know, December, so whatever. And I think there's even just like differences and you think the big 10, like you get these meaty guys right in the trenches and you got full backs and it's, you know, it's football baby. And, you know, you think of like the pac 12 and it's skill players. It's, you know, it's dynamic receivers and whatever. And I don't know how true that is. The, the Gophers have had dynamic receivers recently, you know, whatever, but like I, it's hilarious, but I just, I think, I think what actually happened is we realized how distorted the the sport was. I remember being in college and granted this was like 10 years ago, but like, and people going, I just love the purity of college football, man. Those guys just go out and play because they just love football, man. And like, you know, it's not really about the money. And you'd be go, are you kidding me? Like, there's a big 10 <laughs> network. There's a Pac-12 network. There's the SEC network. There's there's millions of dollars coming in from from the TV revenue. The administrators get rich. The coaches get rich. We because you told me about this before the show. There's you know this player who's telling us that like PJ Fleck, what a weird flex that he's like, yeah, dude, I got knives, man. I got knives worth ten grand. <laughs> you're like what? But like I think all this has just gotten exposed. We know this from like years ago that there were bagmen that people were paid. You can't tell me that wasn't happening all over. Miami got exposed. Uh, SMU's program I think got exposed. But I mean, this was happening. And now I think this is just all out in the air. Like, look, at the end of the day, like if you it doesn't matter who you are, you're the quarterback at the football team. You're the star recruit for the basketball team. I think gymnasts make a lot of money on, um, uh, you know, on Instagram and stuff like that. And you look at like Paige Beckers has, has cashed in as she should. Like she's a superstar who in Minnesota doesn't, you know, like her or whatever. But like, um, I think we're just seeing like a. Some of the stuff was kind of happening before anyways. And then this was about money. Like it, it, it was the Big Ten ultimately was. And again, I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's like, hey, all the big mess, 
Midwest schools. Let's all get together, play each other all the time and get a whole bunch of people to watch it so we can make money off of that. Right. And it's just now become distorted where it's like, okay, now we got East and West, East to coast and West coast schools kind of right. And then like, whatever. And, and I think the reporting is correct. I think it's going to become more and more concentrated. And honestly, what this will do is force like schools like Central Florida, like Boise or whatever to jump somewhere, right? Because I think they're going to go like, you can't be Central Florida be like, hey, we're national champs. You're like, of what though? You know what I mean? Like there's been this whole like weird thing. I think it's just going to become like, you're going to have these power conferences and who knows? I mean, maybe it's like a relegation thing where after a while a school may go, hey, we can't spend all this money on football. We're going to have to go down or whatever. Um, and you may see other programs emerge. But regardless, I mean, I, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous geographically. There is something lost when it's no longer just a Midwest conference. But I don't think we should pretend that anything's fundamentally changed. It's more like it's just out in the open now. We know what it's about. It's about money, maybe. It's about driving the G-Wagon or whatever the hell the administrator drives to the football game. I saw a tweet earlier today where somebody was saying, you have USC is going to visit like Minnesota or something. Be like, is that a fullback? Like, I know. What, what is yeah. that? What, what is that there? I think, and I mean, we won't spend too much time on this because this is a Viking show, but I just wanted to lead off with it. Cause it's such an interesting conversation. I feel like eventually college football is going to be like the NFL where you have certain different leagues and mm-hmm. they just have their own championship. Like HBCU is its own little entity. that yep. has its own little championship and everything else. SEC, we had Tyler Fornis on here talking about that, where they would just have their own like SEC national champion. You might just have a couple. And, and it might kind of be like, I mean, even like the hockey draft. Like there's little leagues across. Like you have your NCAA, but then over in Canada, you have the OHL, the WHL. Uh, the que- mm-hmm. that's an interesting junior co- like yeah. it, i think that's what we're trending towards as far it, as uh, football and it does and it does I'll, I'll point this out too it does uh involve the vikings a little bit because this is different for scouting like you're going to have these pods of schools and conferences in the same thing and you know you're not going to see okay this guy's from usc you know I, I I don't know if I'm going to the right, but you said it's skill players it, against big, big meaty men, just bumping meat in the big 10. Like it's just going to be a style clash. That's where we get sued. That line itself, bumping meat. We're going to get sued. <laughs> but I, I think the, uh, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I, it would be very funny if the Vikings are like one of the scouts, like, Hey, got to take the jet. Got to get out to USC, Southern California. Really like this receiver. I think he could be the W, you know, the wide receiver three. And they're like, you know what? Oil's really gotten expensive. I, it's really it really costs us a lot to gas up the jet. Just wait until they come here to Diggy Town. I, here, I mean, it's I'm not pretending it's not ridiculous, but I think you're onto something. Like Toledo should not try to be Ohio State. You know what I mean? I think right. there's something to playing. Now I think it was last year. Ironically, I, was, I think I was in Cincinnati for the Vikings game, and Toledo almost beat Notre Dame on Peacock. It was very hard to find where to get that game. But uh, <laughs> believe it or not, most bars aren't like, yeah, we'll just stream it, you know. But like, I it, there is something to like the underdog occasionally playing, you know, the 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 blue blood program or whatever. But I think it's actually better for some schools to go like, look. We're not going to act like we're Ohio State. If you're Toledo, let's just see if you can beat the schools of similar size, right? And I think it will probably be more divided by size of school rather than region. Now, granted, in the smaller conferences, it makes a lot more sense to have less travel. But I actually think this is exciting if you're like a UST fan. Like, how how high can you climb? You know what I mean? It already was a great 
program. That's why they are no longer D3. And then, you know, they're in kind of this unique conference right now that's a little spread out. Could they jump to something that's a little more regional? And then, you know, like maybe they fall into a category where they're playing, you know, NDSU, SDSU, whatever. Um, you know, and maybe they're also eyeballing looking like, hey, can we get in the Big Ten? It's not a 10 team conference anymore. If I'm right. NDSU, you know, that program's got to be looking at being like, hey, we could probably jump into something, you know, like with some schools that you wouldn't normally be in a conference with or whatever. So, it is getting away from the tradition of college football. It is getting away from the region, which, which it, there, listen, there's just never going to be a Notre Dame USC rivalry like there is between, um, or sorry, I, uh, uh, Minnesota USC rivalry like there is between Minnesota and Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not unheard of. I guess that's why Notre Dame USC came to mind, right? Now, granted, Notre Dame, pretty national school, even though it's located in Indiana, but like the distance and just the difference in like geography like between south bend indiana and southern california did not prevent that from being a thing right so i mean i don't know i i I think as long as like you don't split minnesota and wisconsin right and as long as you maintain you know ohio state michigan or whatever i think you're fine you have to maintain those rivalries the the people who run these conferences have to realize that's where the money is. That's where people like me tune in, right? I, I always know the score. I'll always have it on. But if I'm locked in, right, it's like um, it's Ohio State, Michigan. It's, you know, it would be if there's a good team at UCLA and a good team at USC, I'll watch those two. You know, it'll be, um, you know, Alabama, Clemson or whatever. So I think so long as they don't break up rivalries, I actually think some fluid movement is interesting. And my hope is just certain schools go, hey, we still should have a football program. But we, I think there are some schools that should be in smaller conferences that go, hey, at the end of the day, Toledo's goal, goal this year is to beat Bowling Green. It's not to go beat Ohio State. So um, I don't know. College football's whack. Uh, you know, I don't, again, I don't know how it affects the Vikings, but I suppose, hey, oil prices are high. If you want to see, you know, you see, you can just wait until they come to dig it down. You know, uh, I was going to say, well, first of all, let's apologize to our listeners because first of all, yes, we know it's a Viking show. Yeah. Interesting topic though. Good talk talker. I also apologize for my lighting, which I've been trying to figure out while Tom has been talking. Uh, you got a flash in my armpit. Hope, thankfully it's not like smell vision <laughs> or something. It's not smell tube or whatever. I think yeah. that that might also get us sued, but <laughs> let's talk. It is June. It is June. There's not much going on with the Vikings. All we can do is try and pick up the tea leaves here. Adam mm-hmm. and I have been doing the rewatchable series, which we will get to mm-hmm. the Blair Walsh game eventually. Adam no. was a little bit sick this week. So, yeah. So, so far, we've done two good ones. Wait, 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 we've wait. Done... D- wait. So, did you say, hey, we're doing Blair Walsh this week? And all of a sudden, he's like, dude. Feel... <laughs> <laughs> he just got so sick watching yeah. that game. He's like, yeah. I can't do he's it He's like, anymore. I can't do the shank in the I... bank. Um, he's damaged. <laughs> we're all damaged. He yeah. he told me in his words he has the voice of a seventy uh, year old grandma who smacks or smacks smokes a pack of Marlboros a day. Smacks is pretty accurate too. As somebody who sells a lot of cigarettes at his day job, a lot of people do the <laughs> you know. There was one guy who like did it for like ten minutes straight. It was just. Oh, I'm like, glad. You think yeah. they're loose yet, buddy? You think that's they're... that's exciting? That's exciting. I'm glad that I'm glad that happens. Yeah, no, I mean, what the hell do you talk about with football in June? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, uh, I think it was perfectly appropriate to start with the Gophers, and I'm assuming you're going with Jeff, Justin Jefferson, yeah. 
absolutely we're going with Justin Jefferson because he was on NFL Network this weekend. And he said the stock company answers that you would expect in your, in June. He wants to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, we get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of the best receivers in the history of the National Football League in his first two years. But then he dropped some quotes about the offense. And he started by saying this, our offensive style, it's not a run-first offense anymore. Just being able to put people in different positions and distribute the ball, really, I'm so excited in this offense. Now, like I mentioned, Justin Jefferson's first two years have been historic in the league. Is it possible that Justin Jefferson can have another level in 2022? Yeah, it's funny. He's kind of saying the same stuff all over, which staying on message. And I think he is generally excited about this new offense, which is great news. But, you know, I did. I heard him on like one of the ringer shows, Better too. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and listen, <laughs> like we have to be honest about how real that is. Right. The, the whole narrative has been. He's not Stefan Stefan Diggs. Like, the, look at this change and this change. It's good he's excited about this, right? Because not everyone embraces change. And, and um, I get why I think on the Ringer show he's talking about like uh, this is Cooper Cup's role. Broke down Cooper Cup and was like, "Hey, that's awesome. I can be that guy, uh, of course." And that's why he can be better. I, I just I think as much as we're going to focus on, and it's hard not to look at the the photos of these practices and go, "Dude, those guys look happy." Dylan looks happy. Yeah, Kirk looks happy. Uh, you know, Cook's laughing there with Justin Jefferson in a photo. KJ's, you know, whatever. And and I think it's one thing to go. This guy knows football. Connor knows football. He comes from the McVay tree, right? And it, it's another thing to go. He creates a culture. Yeah, great. Sometimes with the culture, guys, you go. Can you get through to the players? You know, like are are you? are they going to execute on the field for you? You know what I mean? And I know that's like, that's kind of like cold brass tacks, but like week one is against the Packers. Week two is in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like they have to be ready to go. And there is no longer, it's, you know, it's three preseason games. I mean, as much as we're sitting here and going, I got a month that's kind of off right for football. Like it sucks, but you know, August is going to be here quick. And the best yeah. thing about August is you have the camp, right? And, and you get excited about the football season as much in the back of your mind. You're going, oh, that means we're entering fall, right? But like, I, I think the the thing is like, you want the players as excited about that as we are. As in like, when you and I and, and you know, kind of these legions of purple football fans go out to this, the facility and and watch these guys practice and imagine like what could be you want the players to have that kind of sense of wonderment. I think Justin Jefferson does. We have to remember, he's still like a young person. And, and I think he does. You have to love football to be as good as football as Justin Jefferson is. And um, I, I think for lack of a better word, O'Connell's going to embrace him because he's talented, because of who he is as a guy, uh, because of his attention to detail. You listen to him to break, you know, break down like Jalen Ramsey or whatever, or talking about what he learned from Keenan Allen or whatever. It's highly, highly, highly intricate. And, and I think Mike Zimmer loved football, but he loved defensive football, right? He, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer's less USC. He's more <laughs> the Midwest, you know, I, we have to specify now the Midwest. Big, yeah, 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 he's Wisconsin, big baby. boys in the yeah. French. Yeah, he's bumping football. me, baby. <laughs> you know, it's like... Big mini men <laughs> just bumping me. <laughs> I think um, we're both going down, Chris Shad. But I think the... I think I think the uh, we knew that about him that it, it was about the defense and I think he really loved 
like the Terrence Newmans, the the Harrison Smiths, the um, you know th- these guys who who um, really Anthony Barr really understood defense, and he believed almost like the offense was just like a component of it in some ways. And I don't want to harp back on that last game, but you, this is a meaningless game against the Bears. You lost like a brutal game in Green Bay. Uh, you lost a game that like, even that Rams one was pretty painful. If it hadn't happened like right next to the Green Bay one, you'd been like, man, that was kind of a rough loss. Um, and the only thing you show up for, other than that, like, hey, it's the last time you can watch a professional football game like in person in Minneapolis, but like, is can Justin Jefferson break this record? And you see this guy who grew up in Louisiana uh, who was a you know star at LSU? Kind of made something of himself. I don't think he was like highly, highly recruited. Um, going, man, I'm going to break Moss's record, and I, I get there's an extra game and all this stuff. But all you care about here is like, hey, this is the most exciting. I listen. I love Diggs. I love Thielen. Justin Jefferson is the most exciting receiver since Moss, and all you want to see is him break the record. And if anything, it's just like. It's exciting from a football standpoint. It's also exciting because it's him and he'd just be honest about it. He'd be jubilant, right? And he said the right things. And Kirk did. I love the Kirk is just such like a dad. He's like, you know, I talked to Justin and, you know, it's just like, listen, you know, we can't focus too much on the record. Whatever he said was very much like, uh, you know, hey, it's a team first or whatever. And you're like, you know what? The message is right. It's just very funny. Like thinking about. Kirk Cousins having that conversation with Justin Jefferson. They're just two very different people. Um, but like he wanted that to happen. And Zimmer, you know, Zimmer goes on the podium and goes, I don't care about that stuff. Zimmer, Zimmer went out his own way. He did it the yeah. way he wanted to. It was like, hey, you should lose this game. Nah, let's win it. Justin Jefferson, can we force <laughs> him the ball? Nah. You know, like it, it, it just was was what it was. And I think as much as O'Connell is not going to sit here and go, hey, what what records could Justin Jefferson? I think that's ridiculous if he thought that. And he's not thinking that. But I think he's going to go, who are my best players? How do I enable them? Right. And to be fair, I think he hired someone on the defensive side, Donatel, who granted is undertaking something wild here. He's basically like, hey, with the same kind of the same guys, granted, they brought in some new people or whatever, but like, we're going to switch the formation. And you're like, okay. But I think he speaks the same way. I think he's going to go, how do I get something out of Kendricks? Right. How, whatever. And I think. Now we know it can go wrong, right? Because like Zimmer supposedly brought in an offensive guy and then started fighting with him right away, right? With Turner. But like, I think there's something about this culture that as much as the hardcore football fan goes, ah, it's touchy feely or whatever. You go, no, dude, he just cares about his players and wants to enable them. And uh, Justin Jefferson will thrive in that situation because I think Justin Jefferson wants to be great. He can say, I want to be a Hall of Famer because he's on that track right now, right? And he can say like, listen, I got a hundred yards on Jalen Ramsey and whatever he like Keenan Allen. It was so funny when he caught that football and flipped it to him. You know, there's something about like, just he can have that moxie and that confidence and say what he says because he backs it up. And it's just great to see a, a coach who probably hears that and goes, dude, I'm glad I'm glad I got this guy. I can think of like a hundred different routes he can run or whatever. Yeah. And I think a lot of people look at Jefferson and they just go, yeah, you know, Cooper Cup, he had a triple crown. Like, he wound up doing everything. But I, I look at it the same way, and our colleague at Zone Coverage, Luke Braun, wrote about this, mm-hmm. where the, 
he was in the Cooper Cup role basically in last year's offense. They he was the top option in the passing game. It's mm-hmm. just that they didn't stick with it because Mike Zimmer wanted to run the football. Or I could probably see in my mind every time Clint Kubiak rolled out motion pre snap motion or put lined up Justin Jefferson in the backfield or whatever, like kind of being like, what is this? Like, we can't be doing this. Why is he in the backfield? He's a receiver. Like it's square pegs and round holes. And I feel like this coaching staff is just like, all right, position us football. We're just going to put it, put you in situations to succeed. And then the team will succeed. Yeah. I think when I look back at like that Arizona game, right. Osborne gets a touchdown right away. And it's, you know, say what you want about cousins. He, I, Mike Zimmer complimented him after that game, right? He marched him down the field and put him as you could, should they have taken a shot in the end zone? Probably, but like he got him in position to kick a field goal that Greg Joseph should make and mm-hmm. should win that game. It, the most frustrating thing, especially coming off that Cincinnati game where it just felt like it felt like, you know, kind of the gears were jammed or whatever. Um, and it just, it also did not feel like you were playing like the Super Bowl champion Bengals in week one it felt like you're playing this like weird team that wasn't very good right and so like coming off that really disappointing loss like dude Clint I'm curious I'm not I'm not convinced like this guy's like a boy genius or something but like Clint Kubiak was like doing things to open up holes for Dalvin Cook he was doing things to get like the ball into the receiver's hands we can talk about like did his dad help him script the plays probably like his dad's Gary Kubiak you know what I mean like he probably did help him out but like Certainly, he could do something right. There was some genius to how he scripted out these plays, and there was some genius in how he ran the offense against Arizona. And I think the most frustrating thing about that was I was like, okay, they're going to use this as the blueprint going forward. And instead, they just got super conservative, and like you almost lost this game to Detroit in Minnesota, and then you went and lost there, right? And like, um, you know, think of all these games where it's just like they're putting the clamps down and they're like, you know, like everything kind of had to go right for them to to win because they're playing so close to the margins. And I, I just, I think O'Connell probably looks back at the tape, especially because he's been coaching a lot of the same players. And my hope, my guess is he goes, yeah, dude, that Arizona game. Like if, if we play like that, I can coach that. I can enable mm-hmm. that. And this is what we're going to look like. And yeah, that's like, it's high risk. I I was there in Arizona um, with our boy, tiny Nick, uh, who does the gambling picks. Uh, I was staying at his place, um, you know, and, uh, I remember being like, Hey, it's entertaining for people in the media. It's entertaining for fans. I get it probably is like going to car- cause cardiac arrest for coaches, but like, Hey, I think O'Connell's up for that and B, like, I hope his uh, lesson was Justin Jefferson was ready for that game as he is for everything. Kirk cousins was ready for that game. Um, you know, like, we can win like that occasionally. And I, I think that's why Justin Jefferson, I think I'll put up numbers. I hope he stays healthy. That's obviously the wild card, but like he has so far. And I think he's going to put up numbers just because he's in an offense and with a coach that just has a different enable the players play off offense kind of win. And the Rams did not win playing conservatively. So let's answer the Kirk question here because we can't have a, Viking age show without talking about Kirk cousins. This might be the best situation of Kirk's career. We talked about that together. The head coach loves working with him. He's got strong offensive weapons everywhere. A good, not great offensive line. That could be a loophole there, but Adam rank called him the Michelob ultra of quarterbacks. <laughs> Can this guy become Mick Golden light 
or like, cause I mean, he's not going to be, I mean, some people are like screaming at the computer right now. Just like, Hey, this beer, this beer. No, 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 no. The Mickle and light is the Marshawn Lynch of beers guys. You know why I'm here. Like if uh, I that, with a case of Mickle and light, it, it, it's time. As, as I, they say in like the UFC or whatever. The Marshawn Lynch of beers. I was going to say, I wonder if you overrate Mick Golden Knight. It's it's great product. Um, however, I think, oh man, that's funny. Mick, Al- Mick Alter is very funny. Like, I'm trying to remember that lady who like dresses up. She did, uh, she called him uh, White Claw with like like lime White Claw. Oh, something. Annie Ager. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yep. I did not see the video. I had someone text me that, which I was like, I'm glad you took time of your day to tell me what alcoholic beverage Kirk Cousins is like but um I think I mean here's the thing like it's different when we talk it's a different like spirit when we talk about Justin Jefferson because like it's so exciting to think about him in like this modern offense he's excited about it it is very funny that Kirk Cousins is like well we're doing some weird things on defense <laughs> and I'm trying to figure <laughs> that out playing against them right and then he's like you're asked about the terminology he's like you know, I'm using some flashcards, man. Like there's a lot of new words. You know? and so like it is what it is. But like in his own way, Kirk Cousins is detail focused in some ways. Like if you're going to kind of like crank it up, right? Like you, you do want some quarterback with like some. Listen, he goes over the top with like how conservative he can be with the ball. But you do want a guy. You don't want Jameis Winston. Like the problem is that guy is like too overeager. And you're like, hey, you threw into triple covers like the offense is in like that special where we can avoid that, right? Like you still have to go through reads, but I think there are better quarter, like, like O'Connell could probably get more out of a better quarterback, but I think a guy like this syncs up with him. Cause I don't think O'Connell needs someone like, like he doesn't need like a Lamar Jackson who, who you have to de- design a whole unique offense for it. He makes plays with his feet or whatever. Um, you don't need a guy like that or Kyler Murray or whatever for him. I think like, there is something to O'Connell being like, Hey dude, I can just tell Kirk what to do and don't do it. You know? And, and, and I know that's like super boring. It's very Kirk cousins, but it's like, if you create the illusion of complexity and you go, Kirk, the guy over there is going to be open. He'll throw it to the guy over there. And if you go, Hey, if he's not open, the second guy over here is open and he'll go through that read. And I think, um, it, it, it's, it's very funny how different cousins and Jefferson are, as I said, But like the one thing is, I think they actually both pay attention. I think with Kirk, he literally sits in a cubicle. Like if you go read a Reef's piece on him, and and, and going back to Michigan State, and he kind of dug into, I guess, the psyche right of Kirk Cousins. Um, You know, he is detail oriented to a fault, right? To a certain extent, like Justin Jefferson was like, just throw the ball somewhere near me, right? Thielen said that too. But if the offense is designed correctly, like you just don't, I actually think Clint Kubiak is going to end up being a good offensive coordinator. There there are things Searles wrote about him. Uh, Rob Searles, one of our writers on zone coverage wrote about like the merits of Clint Kubiak last year. Um, I'm not really knocking him so much as like, there's just a difference between, Hey, I hired Gary Kubiak's son. And this is kind of the first time in a big role like this. And like O'Connell, right. Who's like, I sat in the room with McVay and, uh, um, I just, I actually think it can work. I think the hardest thing is like you'd want the schedule to play out differently. It's very exciting to see the Packers right away. It's very exciting to go like into Philadelphia right away, but you'd almost want them to play like a middling team 
in like the first two weeks and just have them just like railroad them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not just to like pick up two wins or something, but just to like see the whole thing uncorked. And my hope with that Packers game is it actually plays like the Packers game in Minneapolis for obvious reasons. The alternative wasn't great, but like also because that was kind of a back and forth. Like that was one of the few kind of exciting games. And uh, I think, I hope they open it up right away. Cause I think what they need to show people right away is, Hey, Kirk's not going to turn into Pat Mahomes, right? He's not going to turn into like, I don't know. I mean, like the, he's, he's not going to be these guys who are, who are elite. He's not going to be Joe Burrow, but like, I think he can, he can be enabled in his own way because I actually think what you got to do with cousins is, is keep things simple, right? You talk about kind of these things you keep saying, right? Allusion to complexity. It's complex for the defense. It's very simple for the offense, the quiet mind, right? I don't know what goes on in Kirk cousins mind. Uh, I don't know if we all need to go and know what's going on in Kirk cousins. Scary, scary place. I think, (laughs) but, but I think, I know he's going to perform better if he's thinking less because you want him to take what he's doing in the cubicle, right? And kind of plotting out all this and apply it directly to the football field. So again, I don't think he's going to be like any more exciting or we're going to be like, man, we were all wrong about Kirk Cousins. I think it's more like Kirk's just better off like in something like this where where it's passing focus where he can focus on his accuracy and arm strength and ability to make reads and his discipline because I actually think a disciplined quarterback is going to be more successful in an kind of offense than one who's who's less disciplined but maybe a little more exciting all right let's move on to our final topic because I forgot to plug in my computer at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> so uh Adrian Peterson was going to fight Le'Veon Bell at crypto.com arena formerly known as the Staples Center uh on July 30th so this is about as dumb as two California schools moving to the Big Ten but who is going to be the greatest fantasy football running back of the past decade and are you buying the fight Tom uh first of all I'm not I'm not buying buying the fight. I did think about it for a second, but I'm not going to spend hard-earned cash on that. Um, <laughs> I think it is ridiculous. Like, see, here's the thing: I don't have nostalgia for boxing. You know, I think if I talked to my uncles, they'd be like, "Dude, you you know, you weren't around when it was like all this hype being built up, and like this was a thing you couldn't avoid." You know, the problem is, I'm trying to think that last. I think it was Mayweather-Pacquiao we like we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings and they're like, dude, we're not spending the money on this fight. Right. And I, like, we couldn't find a place that had it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not shelling out for like whatever costs, even if you split it with a couple guys. So it's just not as important. I mean, I think I've seen like this transition from these pros and the sweet science and like all this buildup of like journalists going in and talking about their training. And these guys are all talking trash the whole time. Right. Um, so there isn't like a mystique to boxing for me. Having said that, like it's become ridiculous that it's like, hey, we're going to have uh, Le'Veon Bell and uh, Adrian Peterson. Those are, you know, right. And like, I, A, I'm a little worried like Adrian Peterson needs some money. <laughs> you know, like you just kind of read into, the, into some of the, you know, the stuff he has going on. And you're like, well, at some point he's got to pay off like that camel he rode at the one birthday party or whatever. Um, but the... Uh, the other thing is it's just kind of you wanted Adrian Peterson to kind of go out a little more gracefully. And, you know, I think about how he, uh, uh, you know, he was essentially on the side of the building as they were 
building at the U.S. Bank Stadium in purple and since then kind of bounced around to all these random teams. Um, you know, in terms of Le'Veon Bell, like I do remember him as a good back. I remember him principal trying to, you know, hold out and, uh, um, uh, you know, get what he thought he was worth and, and how things kind of fell apart from there. And it's just a little weird that you see like one guy who's 37, one guy's 30 in a fight, not playing the sport that they excelled at at one point. So I get that's the life of a running back. I get like, I get why these guys get beat up or whatever, but um, I guess I get why it's happening. I just think it's ridiculous. And so it's content for us. You're doing something on it for the site. Tyler Ireland, a young writer on zonecoverage.com is also doing something. So there'll be some value in this. I just, I don't know if I need to set aside time of my day to watch like two X running backs. It's one of those things. Like if you're sitting around on a Saturday night and you're just bored like me, just crushing some nickel and lights and you're just like, yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch Adrian Peterson. I'll tell you a story right now because as you saw, I ran and got my charter because I did not want this broadcast <laughs> to disconnect. This is this is the most professional. I will let everybody know this is my second uh, YouTube broadcast that yeah. I've been in charge of. So there's still a little bit of a kink. Uh, Daniel House was on the last time I ran it and I forgot to run the intro video. video so I basically had like a Burt Blylevin moment without the F-bomb. Or is this like, oh, we're live? Oh, okay. That's, that's Did, uh, has Daniel House aged at all? Like, I remember last he time I saw him, he still looks like he's a senior in high school, actually. Yeah, so. pre quarantine. I know, I know House a little bit. Pre quarantine, I remember talking to him, and uh, you know, he's famous for like him being this like little kid holding the football, being the genius he is, and he truly is yeah. like, one of the smartest people ever. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, hey, dude, like. Did you know when we took that picture, you just never age? Like you just <laughs> you know, preserved in like a cryo chamber or something? But yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine turning on YouTube and looking and being like, hey, is that kid allowed on YouTube? <laughs> you know, it's a lot looking. about gopher football. Like, is he, I bet. is he doing his homework or, or what? Yeah. Um, here's, here's my question here. And this is how we'll wrap things up. Like if we went in time and you could have two Vikings fight each other or two NFL players yeah. like in a boxing match, who would you have go at it? Yeah. I mean, I know people get up for this things like, Oh, there's a fight in camp or whatever. Brad Childress is, you know, calling out at Troy Williamson or something. I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if like, cause you know, you could go the, like the, the big guy route and you go like, who would take out like John Randall <laughs> or whatever, oh. or like you could go like, I mean, John, uh, who fights, I, I, there's no way I would go anywhere near if I, if I had to fight him, like anywhere near John Randall, I think he'd take out most of, I guess the history of like, you know, or do you go with a guy who's like, he's got a little range, you know, I'm thinking like a receiver could probably got good footwork, quick twitch. Daniel Hunter could probably do it. I mean, Daniel Hunter would be, Daniel Hunter is almost like built kind of like a fighter. Like he's not. Yeah. That dude is lean, like he's cut, cut, you know. And like, I mean, Daniel, I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, do I want to see anything settled? And part of me is just like, can I just see like Brad Childers fight someone? I just, if anything, like, I just, and it's not even like a player because I don't want to see that. Like, I think that just it'd be like a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to watch on television. But like, because obviously he's not winning that. But it's just like, it, it, who does Childers in his mind? Because he has called some people out, I guess. Who does he think in his mind, like, oh, I could take that guy? And I want to know who that is, and I want to see Brad Childers fight him. I'd give him the option of who to fight, 
Now, again, if he says Troy Williams, I'm like, I know he dropped passes. You're not fighting Troy Williamson, man. If he's like, yeah, Percy Harvin threw a dumbbell at me at one point or whatever, I'd be like, no, but like Percy Harvin, I don't think he ever made it back to the league, but he was in a video last year, I think, right? He was trying to get back in the league. That guy's yeah. ripped up. Like, I, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to see him fight. I'm just saying, Childress, you can choose a random assistant that you just kind of had a beef with over like the, you know, whatever in, in the back room. Like, let's go fight that guy. But I, I think it's just, I want to see Childress fight someone that's like kind of in his weight class, like at his level. Um, just because I'm curious, like if that guy is the moxie to call out, you know, these guys like to, you know, in the middle of the field and go slug it out. He's got to be confident. Maybe he has a right hook. Maybe he has an uppercut. You know, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, I want to see Childress fight someone. Yeah, you see, I, I kind of went in that vein, but I also went with Percy Harvin against Leslie Frazier because Adam laughs all the time that Percy threw. Now, this is where I get confused. I don't know if Percy threw the weight plate at Childress or if he threw the weight plate uh, at Frazier because I've heard Frazier and I've heard. And today I was reading, I'm, I'm like 95% sure it was Leslie Frazier because he's like, that's the joke. He's the nicest guy on the plant face of the earth. And he's yeah. like, I'm so angry. I'm going to throw this weight plate at you. I don't um, Les Frazier is a nice man. The other thing is, I think I'd be careful in terms of old guys. You could like throw a punch. Like that guy was on a good defense. Like that guy at one point was like an elite, elite athlete. Like I, I, I would Frazier. be careful. Less seems like he's got like an intense side, like a quiet intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you ramp it up, like he he'd be able to beat you. Uh, yeah. The other the other fight that I think most Viking fans would want to see is Mike Zimmer against Rick Spielman. Just give him some gloves, put him in the ring. They haven't talked like we haven't heard from Mike Zimmer all of this time, right? How is how it? do we know he's not like doing a Rocky training montage at its ranch right now, punching some like skin grizzly bear? shooting yeah. holes in ones on his par three golf course, climbing the highest hill he can ha- climb and screaming, Spielman! Wait, hold on. He has a golf course, a, a par three at his ranch? I'm pretty sure he has a golf course. And if I'm it's not shocked. that, it's a driving range. I'm shocked he has the patience for golf. But I, I think... I, I am. I'm just being honest. I the sh- most shocking. Happy thing, Gilmore thinks he snaps too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah it's freaking Zimmer. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't see him on a. I, you know, most of these guys wind down and play golf. I, I think I, the crazy thing is somehow Spielman, somehow Zimmer handled post firing media better than Spielman. And I always thought of Spielman yeah. as kind of this consummate professional that he, you know, like. Now, granted, the other thing is like he didn't do media at like with the media in Minnesota ever. And so it's no. very funny that all of a sudden now he's like on rich eyes and he's on this and that and like slinging arrows. And I think part of it is I think he thought he still would have a job. I think he thought like he was getting a senior position and he was kind of helping whoever, you know, uh, transfer in. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know how accurate all this reporting was, but like, if that's true, cause some people were throwing that out there. Like if the rug was swept from underneath him and he was bitter about that, you know, where, where Zimmer, Mike Zimmer knew, like he knew that Chicago game was it. You know, you could see him sitting on the bench, looking out on the field. He was taking pictures uh, with Andre and, um, you know, his son and like whatever he knew, he knew it was over. And I think maybe he processed it, but like Zimmer has handled it better. And it's funny, like 
Spielman has more to lose. Like he probably could get hired for another GM job. Like I don't, I think Sp- I think Zimmer would be like a prime defensive coordinator hire, but I think I could also see him being like, dude, I'm fine. I have all this money. I have my ranch. Like I got to coach with my kid, you know, whatever. And I think like, it's shocking to me actually that somehow Zimmer handled this so much better. Having said that, I don't want to see those two fight. Like I think, I think Zimmer brings intensity and stuff. And I think he's, he'd be a maniac, but I think like Spielman low key kind of can take a couple blows and just like throw a hard, right. You know, like I, I just don't think it's like, I think it'd be kind of funny, but I think it's ridiculous. I think you'd want to see like Zimmer fight Zimmer. You know what I mean? Like you can't do this in real life, but I think a, like a in mirror a, match. Yeah. yeah. I think you want a mirror <laughs> match in a video game. Cause I think it'd be the most insane thing you could ever see. <laughs> They they did that back in the 90s. You know, here's your wrestling reference of the day, Tom. Like yep. the Undertaker fought the Undertaker at SummerSlam. It was just another guy who was the same size and had the same haircut and everything. And the Undertaker was wearing a mask at the point because I think he broke his orbital bone at some point. Jeez. So at SummerSlam, they just brought this guy in and he had a match with this other guy. And it wasn't good at all. But... Yeah, they, I mean, that's that's the type of thing we're looking for Zimmer. I mean, maybe maybe you do that with the sunglasses. You can't really tell which one's the real Zimmer until somebody wins the fight. I don't Rick know. Vikings, man. This is what happens as we start talking podcasts about how California teams are joining the Big Ten. We talk briefly about how exciting it's going to be to see Kirk and JJ in a modern offense and then spend the end of the podcast talking about which Vikings we can fight. And I think you somehow are going to have two (laughs) articles on our site about who should fight who, because you had the hell in the style one. And then you're going to have another one. And you also had a thing about Brock Lesnar because he actually did try out for the Vikings. So yes. uh, So yes, this is the Vikings are ridiculous. They'll never June content, baby. Uh, Yeah, it's just incredible. Well, on that note, thanks, Tom, for coming on, filling in for Adam. It's all the time we have for today. Again, we have this every Monday and Thursday at 6.15 p.m. Central Time, and it's much better produced by our normal co-host, Adam Patrick. It's not a slam on Tom. That's a slam on myself. So uh, thank you once again for filling in, Tom. Adam will be back on Monday. Thanks again for watching. This has been the Viking Age Podcast. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.